For those joining for the first time, we're in the midst of a series on creativity. In fact, it's called The Theory of Creativity. And I just wanted to show that little video to encourage you not to be discouraged if God gives you some creative ideas or you have a vision. Don't expect perhaps in the first instance for that to be met with a round of applause. You could face many challenges. This is week number three. I'm going to make it the final week. I want to conclude and round up and finish off today on this thought. It's a thought that's of enormous importance to me and I know also to many of you. Uh, so let me recap briefly. In the first week, we looked at the history of creativity. Uh, we saw that in Lucifer, in Adam and Eve, in Saul, etc. and through history. Uh, how the creative gifts and abilities that God gives us can be so abused. Last week we looked at humility and honour, how whatever skills and gifts God gives you, you need to walk in humility and treat honour with great, great care and respect. In this last time on this issue, I want to look at the, 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 the steps in the process of creativity. The steps in the process of creativity. And for me, there are very definite steps. Steps that I rigidly follow for many years. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The first words in Scripture, listen to this. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. The very first words of Scripture, as God begins to reveal himself to us and what he's going to make, he shows himself to be a creative being. And of course, you and I, made in his image, have that same instinct, desire, and capacity within us. The premise of this series is that we are all creatives, all of us. Often if someone asks you, are you, crea uh, are you creative? We think they're asking, are you artistic? And so when people ask you, are you creative? Many people say no, but they're answering another question. You may not be particularly artistic, um, but you're definitely creative. We all are because we're made in the very image of God. And as I say, today I want to think about and encourage you to enter the process of that creativity. And that creativity in and of itself can involve a process of many failures. If you're writing a song and you begin to record that song, the first version's probably not going to be good, right? Maybe the second version. The first version is probably a failure. And the second may be a failure. And the third may be a failure. But if you keep on pressing forward, you'll end up with a success. The process that gets us to success is failure. And that comes with writing a chapter in a book, learning a new dance, or starting a new business. Failure is part of that process. For me, I often begin with the end in mind. God will give me a vision, an image, a thought in my mind, something he wants me to create. And with that in mind, I then begin the step-by-step -step process. And I warn you that that process can involve many things that you did not expect. Right? God can give you direction, but not the directions, not the individual steps. And I have found myself really needing to be very open 
to the how-tos. How is God going to do that? Most often I haven't got a clue how God is going to achieve it. I just see the vision. I see the dream that he has for me. And then my job is to get busy and start working towards that. Um, let me say to all of you, because I know we have many creative people here this morning. Don't wait to be discovered right don't wait you may be waiting a long time you you hear stories with people like tracy chapman i don't know if you know tracy chapman but she's a very successful singer songwriter guitar player she's great and tracy chapman was just out singing in the street just keeping busy in her gift when one day along came a music producer and the next thing she knew she was at the oscars performing in los angeles things just took off like a rocket she was discovered but for most people the truth is that doesn't happen for most people their their gift and emerging into that is going to be a process of trial and error and it's going to involve a lot of hard work so i would encourage you not to sit back and wait for some kind of discovery because that may never happen, and statistically, it probably won't. I'm sad to say that most of the giftings, people complain about the church. Why don't we have enough worship leaders? Why don't we have enough pastors? Where's the administrators? Where's the evangelists? Well, the truth is, God gave the gifts. But the people took their gifts and went out there. They went out into the world. The gifts are there. The gifts are there, but people have, <coughs> excuse me, people have taken those gifts and used them for themselves. That's what's happened. I was having a cup of coffee in Dublin once with a pastor. His name's John Gray. And he was telling me a story about four young men who began to attend his Bible study in his house. And those four young men, they were about 16, 17, they said, we want to start a band. A rock group and we want you to pray for us and teach us about how to do that and he, he taught them and they attended with them and got to know them well and then as they were going off to start this band what are you going to call the band John said and they were going to call it U2 <laughs> and U2 began like Whitney Houston as we saw they, they all began in the church kind of thing so many people began there but then the gifting the ability can be taken away taken outside it gets exported so be careful a question i would ask you is your gift a secret sometimes when i'm especially in visiting other churches people will say you know pastor can i talk to you and they're whispering and say pastor mike pastor mike i think i've got a gift <laughs> what speak up i think i've got a gift you've got a gift Shh everybody will know and there's almost an intimidation there which you're going to have to address and overcome you're going to have to own the you that god has made you to be without shame or embarrassment but also with humility and correct honor so is your gift a secret do people still not know who you are but you know inside that is not the plan I encourage you today like I've encouraged you in these last three weeks please remain in submission to church authority I have never taken my giftings outside 
Never done it. I've kept them undercover. And yes, I have been involved in creativity for three decades. And I'm very happy with how that all worked out. But I am telling you, it was not any plan that I had. All I did was I was obedient. I was obedient. I never understood why Rick said, I, I want you to go here and do this. I thought, what? That sounds crazy. But lo and behold, through those experiences, I learned about end times. Or he would say, I want you to go here and do this. And lo and behold, through those experiences, I learned about relationships. And just by walking in obedience over those years, I have found that I've stumbled into my creativity and become the person that God intended me to be, I believe, to some degree. Stay under submission. Keep your gift in the house where it belongs. Be very careful on this point. Be very careful. Trust God in the steps. He's given you the vision. He's given you the goal. You know what you should be. You know that person, that, you know, whatever, that ability. Now stay undercover and let God lead you in those steps through your obedience. I have a quote here. Ray, could you put that graphic up, the first graphic from Arthur Schopenheimer? Uh, this was a German philosopher, and he, he made this famous quote. I'll read it to you. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as being self-evident. I'll read it again. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as being self-evident. I love that because having been through that process, as many of you have in writing songs or whatever you've done, you know that there is a ridicule stage. <laughs> There's a stage at which you might sound crazy or funny or whatever, you know. Pe people can laugh at you and you can get opposed. And eventually, people relax and accept things. In about 2009, I like Dragon's Den. I don't know if you know Dragon's Den on television. It's a series where entrepreneurs, inventors, business people, they come and they present their creation to these very successful businessmen. And I remember watching the first, the, the original episode of this particular uh, program. A guy walked in pulling a child's suitcase on a lead, right? And there's a little child sitting on the, on the suitcase and it was called Trunky. And it's because the airports today can be so big. And if you've got a couple of three-year-olds or whatever, they can't walk that distance. And this guy had invented Trunky, the suitcase for kids. They sit on it and the parent leads them, you know, and they don't have to carry the kid. Well, I can remember the reception that guy got. First of all, Duncan Bannatyne, he spoke up and he said, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't want one of these. This is a nightmare. I've got enough trouble at the airport. Now you're trying to give all my kids want Trunkies? No, I don't want this. Go. Then Theo Pavitas, who always breaks things in the den, Theo Pavitas got up and he broke the strap on the trunky. And he ridiculed, his name is Rob Law, the inventor. He ridiculed Rob Law. I broke this. You could hurt people with this. 
This is not worthy. And the, the inventor, Rob Law, was saying, it's just a prototype. Give me a chance. I'm just working on it. But he suffered complete rejection. Last year, he made nine and a half million pounds selling trunkies. That's his average income in one year. He has now sold three million trunkies. Thank you very much. In spite of the ridicule, in spite of the failure which is part of the process, I'm very impressed that he left the den having been ravaged by the dragons. He left unscathed and still believed in his product. I know it's not perfect, but in my mind, I've seen the end result. They haven't. They don't believe. The Queen, in 2011, honoured him with an MBE, member of the British Empire. And she gave him a medal for his services to creativity and invention in the business world. That's why I wanted you to see that video at the beginning. When you invent things, or you're creating things, or you're composing things, you may well face opposition. I want you to prepare for that battle. Pre prepare to be ridiculed or mocked. To be honest, mockery is, mo not every time, very often a very good sign to me. I kind of like to see it coming because it tests my mettle if I'm on the right road. Prepare for that. <coughs> the creative process is very like a woman having a baby. I've never had a baby. <laughs> this is just supposition. It's like a woman having a baby. It, it, it's first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. It's labor, it's expansion and contraction. She has to grow, she has to contract, she has to grow. That's painful thing. Failure and success, failure and success. Ow! The creative process hurts. Expansion hurts. Growing hurts. Hurts. Very, very similar to labor and birth because you're birthing something. You're involved in the creation of something. So today I just want to state three stages that I personally hold to and I, I, I would submit them to you um, and you can have your version but for me creativity involves first of all imagination then creativity then innovation three very distinct things three very different stages let me deal with them one at a time first of all you have an imagination it's the way we have been created but your imagination needs to be sanctified in your mind you can start thinking of yourself wrongly you can imagine a wrong future you can imagine wrong relationships wrong success in business wrong 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 your imagination is very capable of taking you in the wrong direction it's powerful in the book of genesis when god wanted to inspire abraham god was going to use abraham for the creation of many nations so God spoke to him one day. I'll read it to you. But Abraham replied, O Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus? Abram continued, Behold, you have given me no offspring, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to Abraham. This one will not be your heir, but he will come from your own body. Listen to this. And the Lord took Abraham outside. I love that. I love that. Took him outside. I love to walk 
in creation when I'm creating. Just to get outside. Get out on a mountain. Get out in a forest. Get out and, and I need freedom to create. And the Lord said to Abraham, come outside. He wanted to increase his vision. And he said to him, look up at the heavens and count the stars if you're able. So shall your offspring be. I want you to see that God put an image in the imagination of Abraham who what, of what could be. And the Bible says that Abraham believed what he saw. He believed the vision of his future. And God credited it to him as righteousness. Let God take you outside in Jesus' name. Let him show you whatever it is that he has for your future. And believe him. And as very definitely Abraham did not know the steps. Abraham walked by faith and became the father of many nations. Imagination is huge. I'm sad to say, by the time we get to Genesis 11, man has corrupted his ability to imagine and he's used it for his own fame. And his imagination is about himself. And in Genesis chapter 11, man starts to imagine that he could build a great tower, <laughs> the Tower of Babel. And his imagination gets carried away with himself. And you know the story, God has to intervene and knock down that tower. And God said, if as one people speaking one language, they have begun to do this, nothing they imagine will be impossible for them. Step one for me in the creative process is your imagination. But I warn you, sanctify in Jesus' name your thoughts. Sanctify your imagination. The best example of this is Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, very uh, truly I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but he does only what he sees. Does only what he sees the Father doing. I get an image. That's what Jesus was saying. I can see. You know when they had the, the, the parable of the loaves and fishes, the, when that was happening, it says that Jesus lifted, he said, give me the bread, give me the fish. And it says this in the Greek. He lifted up the bread and it says he looked up to heaven. The Greek word there, I've mentioned it to you before. The Greek word is anablebo. And it does not mean look. It means to receive vision, to receive the Father's plan. Jesus absolutely was capable of his imagination running riot. Because he was susceptible to all temptations as every man is. But he rigidly sanctified his imagination. And that ended up in the miracles that we see. I only do what I see the Father doing. I would give you this warning. The imagination phase is very passive. It's the second phase which is active, the creative phase. But the imagination is very passive phase and if you get stuck here you become a daydreamer and as I travel because I travel around the world in different churches in different cities I meet people who've been talking to me about the same dream for the last 20 years now in one sense okay but I would like to see it move out of your imagination 
Some people get stuck in imagination. And I strongly advise you not, not to do that. Don't get stuck in that place. Let me give you an example of how to sanctify and progress from your imagination. When I got saved, most of the Christian music at that time was written by bands and groups that were writing music for churches to sing on Sunday. So if you went for Christian music, it was all really stuff for Sunday. That's what was available. And a certain lady called Amy Grant, now she's moved away a little bit from the church in latter years, but in the beginning, her gift was inside the church. And she was incredibly successful. But Amy Grant did not write music for church on Sunday. In her imagination, in her mind, she wrote songs about being a woman and walking the Christian daily walk and how hard that was. She wrote simple songs about life. That's a sanctified imagination, at least in the beginning. She was very successful and she moved outside of what was the norm in that day. Another thing I would say is you can be very creative with very limited resources. And people will say, well, I can't do it because I haven't got the money. I don't think you need the money. I don't think you need the money. I don't think money's the problem. I mean, look at what we can do today. Even lately, Ashish produced a music video. Stephen produced one. Seema produced. They're excellent. Excellent. Great quality. What do we need loads of money for? We have the capacity. Now, you can create with very little resources. And in fact, the resources may even be a burden and a problem to you. Remember with David, they wanted to give him the resources of Saul. <laughs> they wanted to put the armor on him. That, that's not me. And all this army is available to you, David. But David, I don't want those resources. I'm fine in my own simple, creative way. Be careful, guys, in your imagination to put boundaries and parameters where they need to be, okay? Moral boundaries, sensible boundaries, biblical boundaries. For example, dance. Dance is a very good uh, example <clears throat> because it can be very wrong, but it can also be good. If God inspires you with some form of Christian dance, the first thing I would say is please get a biblical boundary a moral boundary about how that dance looks to people and how it seems but the second thing I would say push the boundaries push the boundaries push forward that's what creativity is but I'll be criticized yeah you will be criticized you'll be mocked you'll be ridiculed and then maybe one day get accepted this is the business we're in this is the process we're in so I like to have boundaries because I wholeheartedly believe in them. That's my security. But I also believe in pushing those boundaries. And the last thing I would say on creativity, Ray, have you got that slide up? I, I can see it there on the screen, the imaginative thinking one. Take a look at this. These are the statistics from NASA. They did some research into creativity in the human race. And they set up an exam and they put all these different age groups through the exam to see how imaginative they were okay look at the results 
Four to five-year-olds scored an average of 98%. They were incredibly imaginative. By the time you get to 10, it's already dropped to 30%. By the time you get to 15, it's down to 12%. And adults average 2% in the same exam. That is shocking. That statistics proves true in many areas, by the way. They, 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 they believe that 2% of the people on the earth create the products that 98% of the people use. Like Steve Jobs. He creates an iPhone. But the 98% use what this tiny group of people actually create in our societies. The new ideas, the advancements. And I, I want to claim back my imagination in Jesus' name. That's what I want you to do with me today. God gave me an imagination and it's powerful and I can see both historically in scripture but also in modern times how that can be corrupted and abused and then we can lose our way so pray with me today father I give you my imagination take it and inspire it and give me visions of what you want me to, to be and to do like you did with Jesus Christ he looked on to heaven and he saw the answer to the problem with the loaves and fish. I only do what I see the Father doing. So the first step, imagination needs to be sanctified. The second step is creativity itself. And this needs to be inspired. 2 Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. So if you're going to produce a song, I want to hear God. I want to feel the breath of God. All scripture is God breathed. And Jesus is the author, right? The author of creation, uh, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was, in, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Through him, all things that have been created were created. And I don't know what your creativity stream is. If you're writing songs, ask God to breathe on your work. Now, we were in here early this morning. You know this song that was coming to my mind? Oh, Holy Night. Remember, Oh, Holy Night? We sing it at Christmas. Every time I hear that song, I think, you know what? No man. No man came up with this song. Actually, two men came up with that song. One was a poet. Who wrote the words and the other was a composer who wrote the music and they collaborated on it but that seems to me like something that's inspired of God so ask God to breathe upon that <coughs> excuse me the second thing I would say about moving forward in my creativity I, I, I would ask you a question have you ever had formal training in the area of your gifting I mean formal proper training if it's in music, have you been to a music college? For me, it was, it was pastoring, it was theology. I had to go to a Bible college. And if you're in, in singing, you need to go to a singing school. I like formal training. Now, you can operate without that training. But I do think it limits you. I do think you're limited and the wider and the greater your repertoire within any area the greater the development of your skill the greater your ability to pull in those skills and then to express yourself more fully 
So I would say to you, you should th- if you do believe you've got that image inside you from God, you've got a goal, consider serious training. You can do it part-time, right, online. You can do a course on something. But seek formal training, and then I would seek ongoing training. Ongoing in-service training, as we call it. That as you're operating in your gift, your calling, or your ministry, you continue to update that skill, continue to work that skill. Step one. God, will you help me sanctify my imagination? And some people have been daydreaming for years. They're stuck in a daydream. Lord, will you help me sanctify my imagination so that my image of my future is something that glorifies God? Secondly, when I move to the creativity stage, help me take my gifts seriously, get the training, and then keep on training. And the third point, the third step in creativity for me is innovation. What's the difference between creativity and innovation? Well, creativity is thinking something new. Innovation is introducing something new, like a wheel. (laughs) Creativity is related to imagination. Innovation is related to implementation. Sorry if that's a bit complicated, but it's very important, and it's the reason why most, the majority of people are stuck. Creativity is thinking something new. But innovation is introducing something new. And you've got to get to that last stage where the product that you're bringing, you're actually able to bring it to market. If I can use Dragon's Den as an example again, I don't know if you've seen the program, but as I said, it's a program for entrepreneurs. Those guys who appear on that program with their product, they don't lack imagination. Their imagination is fantastic. They don't lack creativity. Do you know what they lack? Implementation. They don't know how to create the music album. They don't know how to create a book. They don't know how to create that TV program. They they don't know how how to do what they want to do. So they've got the image in their mind. They begin to toy around with creativity, but they fail vast majority of people on Dragon's Den, they fail to bring the product to market. That's where they fall. That's why they disappear. And, you know, they appear on the show for one big reason. Collaboration. Collaboration. And bringing anything to market, be it your voice, your dance, your music, your dress, your fashion, whatever it might be, you can do all that for Christ but you're probably going to need a lot of collaboration. Many years ago, I had a dream in my mind. I had an image, and I tell you, this is, it can be such a burden. I had an image in my mind of my future, particularly about relationships. And I believed that I was going to create, I was going to write a book on relationships. But that was only a thought. And I began to establish some written materials on relationships. And then through obedience, God moved me to Glasgow. I didn't want to go. I just obeyed. And as I sat in that church, I looked around and I realized I've got a typist. I've got an editor. I've got a formatter. Hey, hang on a minute. (laughs) Just by walking in obedience, I've walked into a church that has everything I need that I lack. 
So I called a meeting with five people. On that day, I had no idea that I was going to be working with those five people for the next eight years on books. And I said to Heidi Morse, I can't type and I can't spell, okay? I have a dream to create written materials. One small problem, I'm terrible at spelling and grammar. So I'm going to give the message, would you type it up? I'm going to collaborate with you and then send the Word document to me and I will do a first edit. But I'm no good with English. So then I'm going to send the book to Dr. Leanne Hodges. She's great with English and she'll do an edit and then she'll send it back to me. Then I'm going to send it to Pastor Tom Higgins and then he's going to collaborate. He's going to do the formatting side and then he's going to send it back to me. Now, those five people were absolutely delighted to be involved in the collaboration process. And I believe, it's my opinion, that most people are stuck. Say you've got a book inside you. Well, maybe you need help with that. That's why many books you look, there's two authors, two authors, right? Many songs, not just one name on that title, not just one name. Jesus sent them out two by two. The very essence of Dragon's Den is a business partnership, right? <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, then God said, let us, collaboration, the Trinity. Then God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Now, I don't mind you being a solo artist, no problem. And I don't mind you writing something that's just you or, or whatever else. But I would strongly advise you to have a think about the necessity for collaboration. Because for me, as I, if you look inside each one of my books, the acknowledgement on the first page in every book says the same thing. I want to thank these five people without which we never would have produced anything. Because it's not a competition, right? It's about bringing the product to market. And that's what I believe God wants through this series. In terms of innovation and implementing, please bring me innovation, not imitation. Please don't bring me imitation. I don't need you to be another one of this or that or that. I, let's say for me, for example, I like Billy Graham, but I don't need to be Billy Graham. I can learn some things from Billy Graham, but I'm not going to be Billy Graham. You don't need, we've already got Billy Graham, right? And don't spend your time trying to replicate somebody else because we, then we never get you. <laughs> then we never discover who you are. Learn from other people. But don't become an imitator, become an innovator. Take the things that you see from them. Take the things that inspire you from them. But please continue to evolve into the person that God sent you into this world to be and to speak to us through. Like for me, I, I know many pastors and some are obsessed with Charles Spurgeon. Some are, you know, Reinhard Bonnke or whatever. They know more about them than they know about themselves. <laughs> Know every, every book Spurgeon ever wrote and all this stuff. You need to know yourself better than Spurgeon. I, if I want Spurgeon, I'll go and buy the book. Hello. <laughs> Why don't you just be you? So I see right from the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created. Praise the Lord. And the very genesis of my 
ongoing creation is I need to get engaged in this process. And let me conclude, and Mary's is going to pray for us in a moment. I see in the book of Genesis these three steps very clearly. It says in Genesis that the earth was formless and void. It was just something in God's mind, in his imagination. And maybe this morning your dream, your vision, it's void, it's formless, it doesn't have any shape. And in the same verses, it says, so God stepped in and began the creativity process. He separated the day from the night. Maybe you need to separate some friends, huh? Separated the good from the bad. Maybe separate some good habits, bad habits. Separated the night from the day. Maybe separate this time from that time. And when he finished putting order in place, it says, and God said, now it's good. Now it's good. And I pray that for you. We have had a lot of messages over the last few weeks on this particular theme, the theory of creativity, from many different countries with people who are stuck on the imagination stage. They've got a dream, but they don't know how to go forward. Others who've got the imagination and they've begun to produce and their homes full of paintings, but nothing's ever hit the market. They've got a hundred recordings, but they're stuck. And it's bringing people into the third place where it's two by two and it's collaboration, all for the glory of God Almighty. And I hope that that step, I'm sorry again if that's complicated, but some things are, and this subject is, but it's very important. So we've been praying about what to do next. And my thought is, once lockdown finishes, you know what we should do as a church? Have a creativity weekend here in the shed. You won't have to wear your mask. It's going to be great. And each of you in your own skill, the business people, talk to us. Talk to us about cre creativity and finance. Come up with some product. Business people, talk to us. Singers talk, dancers dance, show us what you think and let us give an evaluation. Hopefully not like the video at the beginning. <laughs> let us give an evaluation, a proper evaluation where we look at the thing. That's what collaboration is. Let your dream be tested. Bring it in. Come on. Pastor Mike, I think I've got to get enough of that. Enough of that already. Come out of the shadows. It's costly to come out of the shadows. Costly because you're going to get hurt. You're going to have a baby. But for the joy set before us, we endure the ridicule. We endure the mockery. And one day, boom, that dream becomes a reality. So join us. Let's do a, a, a creativity weekend here at the church, kind of Saturday and Sunday, two or three sessions in each one of the areas of the arts, but also the business and every other area of creativity. And let's see if we can take the lid off and open up the future for some of you are stuck in your imagination or stuck endlessly creating but never getting to market. And let's see if we can bring all of us into this world with some kind of impact. I'm going to close here. Let me just say this uh, final point of these three weeks. 
50% of the material is Mary's material. 50% of the points are directly from her. Her, Spanish, her English is getting better every day. Hola! English is getting better every day and soon she'll speak in English and uh, preach in English. That's our prayer. But I just want to acknowledge this is a 50-50 contributions here so I'm going to ask her to pray for a sanctified imagination for you don't have bad ima imaginations about your giftings future please sanctify it and give it to God this morning let's put that in the past secondly please consider training your gifting professionally and thirdly join us for a workshop day when we can collaborate together and talk about bringing who we are and what God has made us to do to London, the UK, and to the world. Amen. Mary's is going to pray in Spanish, and you can use your imagination to understand what she's saying. Praise the Lord. <laughs> in English, maybe. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you give us for learning more and more, Father. We thank you for sanctifying our imagination, Father. And also, thank you very much for giving us the every creative idea for <coughs> working in this new way that you have for us, Father. We thank you for innovation, Father, for the new implementation in our life, every gift that you give us, Father. Yeah. We thank you, Father, for all your blessings for us. And also, Father, we continue to receive the inspired of the Holy Spirit for create the new things in you, Father, and one move more and more in the Holy Spirit. We pray, yeah. Father, with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Michael. God bless you guys. Bless you, everybody.